Hey there, it is Jeff from MCS Mag, and I think for some of you listening out there, this could very well end up being your number one most favoritest podcast episode that we've ever done. I know it's one of my favorites, and if you've ever struggled with trying to cohabitate with a spouse or a significant other who doesn't walk that same prepper path that you do, you're going to want to take notes. This one could just save your marriage. Check it out now. Bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging. Would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. If you're married or in a serious relationship, you may have found yourself in the same spot that I've found myself in time and time again. We see a great piece of gear that we want but we're afraid to pick it up no matter how important it might be for fear that our spouse will give us a ton of grief about it. Or maybe there's a training course that we'd love to go to, but our spouse won't be so thrilled that we're spending that time away from home. Or perhaps we worry that our loved ones aren't prepared for a future attack or crisis and aren't ready to protect themselves, but no matter how many times we bring it up, they just don't seem interested. Well, I know from all the emails that we get and the surveys that we've run that this is a problem that lots of patriots and preppers face. And if you're in a relationship, you know just how difficult it can be to feel like you're all alone in your devotion to survival and tactical preparedness. So that begs the question, how do you turn your spouse into a fellow prepper or protector, easing the burden on both of you? Well, that's what we're here to find out. Hey everyone, this is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Page Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And our guest today to help us navigate the marital waters of self-reliance and co-protectionism is survival and self-defense expert Nyla Rhodes. Nyla, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you so much for having me. No, this is um, this is great. I can tell you that I think there have been a lot of uh, a lot of our readers and our listeners that have been anticipating this call because we get we get this so many times over and over and over again about this topic. And so I think everybody's kind of sitting on the edge of their seat or whatever they're doing when they're <laughs> on the podcast. But so listen everyone, uh Nyla is is new to our network and uh I'm really excited about this because she has a unique experience and background that she brings to her audience. Now she is a wife, a mother and a firearms instructor. And together with her husband, who's been in the Army for two decades and has a, who was a civilian contractor with the Department of uh, State, she teaches men and women from all walks of life how to better protect themselves and their families. And she started her organization, Mill Spec Mom, to show others that self-defense and self-protection doesn't have to be scary. And she even dives into the personal dynamics of prepping and tactical preparedness, such as parenting, maintaining a marriage during hard times, juggling finances, and taking the lessons of being a military spouse and applying it to your overall protection and preparedness platform. Now, you can check out more about Nyla and her training by visiting her online at www.millspecmom.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-E-C mom.com. All right, Nyla, let's, let's go ahead and jump right into this. So I, I think it's natural that 
we would all like for our spouses to be on the same page with us. But what happens in a lot of cases is half a couple just doesn't have the urge to train and prepare at the same level that we do, or maybe not even at all. But some of that reluctance, I think, might be self-inflicted. I know in my in my case, it oftentimes yeah. is. So from your own experiences with listening to and working with others, what would you say are the biggest mistakes that you see that eager spouses make when it comes to trying to convert their reluctant other halves? Oh, that's such a great question because I've been on on both sides of this and the, the training aspect of what we do with our company of, you know, trying to coax other spouses um, from a very reluctant and very scared aspect to being that person in my marriage ourself is I think the first mistake that a lot of very enthusiastic preppers make is that they try to shove it down their throat. You know, they try to force them into prepping. And this is not, you know, not everyone finds prepping interesting or thinks it's necessary. And there's such a negative stigma out there sometimes with preppers and survivalists. So I think that by, you know, being educational and being relevant to your spouse, that that's probably one of the biggest things that I've found. Um, another, you know, mistake is not being cognizant of the fears that might be present in your spouse. You know, I know that as moms, we always think of the worst case scenario. Like that's kind of the running theme in the back of our head is we want to protect our kids and want to keep them from harm. And being forced into that prepping nature is forcing us to come face to face with a lot of these fears about our children and our family's protection that we may not be ready to face just yet. So, yeah, I I think that some of the biggest mistakes is just being a little over-enthusiastic about it without being educational and calming at the same time. Yeah, that seems to make a lot of sense because um, I think that, I mean, let's face it, I mean, I think never like trying to shove anything down your spouse's throat as far as finances or any other personal right. dynamics never yeah. always seems to have <laughs> the opposite effect, right? <laughs> but, right, exactly. Especially with a spouse, but uh, that's interesting. So, you know, I think... I think when, whenever we've done surveys on this and we talked with, with our listeners and our readers about what it is that challenges them with their spouse, I think a lot of times we get, we get the same common arguments that come back at us time and time again. And especially when it comes to prepping, we get it with self-protection as well, but especially when it comes to prepping, maybe because of the stigma that you just talked about. And I think a lot of the spouses who don't see the same warning signs that we see, a lot of times just think that nothing bad is going to happen to them. So, this is a very common theme. Like the the there's all rainbows and puppies out there in the outside world, and I don't right. want to think about this thing. I'm just, I'm pretty much speaking from experience now. I'm going to use you as my own personal therapist in this. So, what what are the most successful ways that you found to tackle that argument of like you know nothing nothing bad's going to happen. We're all we're everything will be fine. The government will be there to take care of us or whatever it might be. Yeah, and I've. This is one of those things that I, I love this, this question and it, and it irritates me at the same time because I've got so many close girlfriends of mine that live in this bubble and it drives me bonkers because, they you know, we we live in a small community, nothing, you know, quote unquote bad ever happens here, but it's like playing the, the what if game, you know. And I, I think the top most successful ways to tackle this was kind of goes back to our first question is to be educational. You know, don't use scare tactics. Don't start off with all the terrible things that could happen. You know, start off with, hey, if we got this product, this would help us just in case this happened. You know, um, one thing that my husband did for me, which kind of was almost like the, the gateway into 
the prepping world that I've kind of found myself in is he made a little EDC kit for me to stick in my purse. And he just said, you're going to carry this. And like, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm like, well, okay, awesome. This is one more thing I have to carry. That sounds great. Yeah. But, you know, after a while, you know, and being able to contemplate that and being able to, you know, play the what if game in my head on my terms when where I was comfortable in going into that realm where there's a little bit of fear and uncertainty, you know, I was able to see the value behind these things. Um, you know, and I think that goes back to having a spouse that you can communicate very clearly with is that, you know, my husband is very patient with me and, and he he allowed me to ask questions on my terms. You know, he was educational to me. And I think the biggest way to really get across to your spouse how important the survivalist aspect is, is just helping them to see that it's just another avenue of wanting to protect and provide for your children. You know, it's no different than having a fire extinguisher or smoke detectors or carbon monoxide detectors in your home. It's just another level of preparedness for the worst case scenario. Yeah. And I think that if you come at it from a challenging aspect, right, like if you, because there's two ways to go about this. There's the educational, like, what if sort of a thing, like that's that's really kind of mm-hmm. making them part of the development of it versus the, oh, yeah, well, what would you right. do if this, you know, it's like that, that aggressive challenge, which oftentimes is trying to really just like drive your point home, like trying to, trying to basically get a gotcha in there, like catch them, like, oh, yeah, well, what would you do here? Right. That naturally, I think, triggers defensiveness and that wall to go up. Oh, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you're basically admitting that you don't know how you're going to protect your kids in that area, Mm. you know, and that that's not a comfortable thing for a parent, or even if you're not a parent, it's not a comfortable thing to admit that you don't know how you you would protect yourself for your loved ones. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's not fun to have that, you know, aggressive gotcha moment. This is why you need to be kind of be their their calming force you know especially if you're dealing with females you know we have a lot of fear when it comes to our children and being reassuring in that aspect i think you will get much further in that conversation you know you bring you bring a really interesting perspective to this and i don't think i've ever had this conversation definitely not on this show like with another with a i say another like with a woman who's actually gone through this before but you know, we have, we do obviously, we assume that we have a lot of guys out there, like a lot of husbands that are trying to get their spouse on. We see the other side as well. Like I get a lot of emails from women who are like, you know, my husband just doesn't get it, um, which is surprising to me because maybe it's just my male mind that's thinking mm-hmm. about it. But I think for a lot of guys, I mean, obviously men and women think differently, but I'd love to get your just your perspective on like straight to the guy out there who doesn't understand, which let's face it, none of us understand the female mind, but like we're, we're trying to, like we're trying to approach it from a completely different oftentimes perspective, right? It's the, it's the problem solver. It's the, it's the protector. It's the, you know, here's the problem, here's the solution and drive it home. There's, you know, there's the hill, let's take it. But for the female mind that, you know, what is it that you can teach us guys who don't get our women that like what kind of an approach maybe from the standpoint of, um, you know, like bad things don't happen and we'll all be, we'll all be safe. Like, what is it about the female mind that we need to understand as men? This is your opportunity to change, change the dynamics of all male and female <laughs> relationships out there entirely right no now. No pressure, right? <laughs> no pressure at all. Uh, you know, that's such, it's such a good question because like, again, my husband and I have dealt with this and I think the biggest way that I have seen changes in other females in this area is, to know that the driving force behind my husband's prepping, my husband's enthusiasm is protection of his family. 
you know, yeah, he likes all the cool bells and whistles that come along with the gear and, you know, the, the cool tactical approaches. But at the end of the day, if you can get your point across that you're doing this to keep your family safe, I think that's the one thing that we need as wives and mothers is to know that we're going to be taken care of, yeah. you know? You know, I mean, you talk about like a social unrest situation, you know, or the zombie apocalypse, you know, something that we use in our training all the time is, you know, prepping for the zombie apocalypse. And, you know, like we want to know that our husbands have ways to keep us safe from the zombies and how we can contribute to that in our own way. Yeah. You know, we had uh, probably the best testimonial I've ever received. We do uh, an online workshop, a survival, an online survival workshop. And I talked with one of the uh, one of our members of our New World Patriot Alliance. We we do like um, like personal consulting calls as well, like one on one calls. And he was mm-hmm. saying, you know, I, I attended that workshop this week, and I got to tell you, my spouse has never been into this, but she was listening in the background in the kitchen as I was as I was attending the online workshop. And she came to me right. after the fact, like after it was all over, and she said, we need to do that. We need to do that. And it's like it completely converted her. And it was really just the education aspect of it because we talk about, like, exactly. what, would it, what would it feel like if you and your family – like I live in Texas, and we have uh, – we experienced a horrific, you know, deadly flood a few years back. And there are people on top of their – there are people trapped in their attics, like with the water rising and rising and rising, and they're there with their grandkids or their kids – or like how would it feel if you're on top of a roof and you're looking at the water all around you or the devastation around you and you're clutching your children like i i think about that and it and it gives me this this ache in the pit of my stomach as a parent of what would it be like seeing something right. bad happen and knowing that there was something i could have done but i didn't to protect my children and maybe a lot of times that that's kind of like right. the common denominator is is the child or the grandchild. We feel more protective of them rather right. than ourselves of like, I can take care uh, of myself. But when you put, throw a kid in the, in the, in the mix there, you get this whole other feeling yeah. come over. Right. And that, that's one thing again that we use in a lot of our firearms instruction classes that kids change things in the best and the worst ways, especially yeah. when it comes to that critical stress moment of self-defense with a firearm or whether it becomes that critical stress moment of you're running from, you know, a social unrest or a riot situation, you know, or you've had a disaster come to your area and there's looters, you know, and ultimately we do want what's best for our kids, you know, and that is our sole, you know, aspect right there is what is going to keep my kids safe and happy in this moment. Yeah. And I think taking it from that perspective, you know, knowing that, yeah, all the prepping and all the gear and all the preparations that we make around our home, it's, it's a backup plan to keep my kids safe and happy. Yeah. You know, and I think just approaching it from that familial aspect, I think that's what really drives me as a wife and mother, knowing that, you know, yeah, I've, you know, got prepping supplies and, you know, we have money that we spend every month on prepping supplies. But at the end of the day, it's just one other aspect to keep my kids safe and happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, everyone, we've been talking with Nyla Rhodes of millspecmom.com about ways that you can convince maybe a reluctant spouse to come over to your way of thinking when it comes to preparedness and self-protection. We've got a lot more coming up, including defeating the scarcity and the I have no time mindset, as well as what to do when all else fails. But first, check out this special message. (laughs) 
In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back with Nyla Rhodes of millspecmom.com talking about ways that you can approach the topics of self-protection and preparedness with your spouse without trying to shove it down her throat and make it a defense trigger. We've got a lot coming up here, and so let's go ahead and get into another another one of the common objections that I see, and, and that's that that prepping, you know, there's, there's all this gear that you have to have to be useful, and you're, and you're amassing all this stuff, <laughs> and obviously, and, and these aren't like inexpensive toys. A lot of these things I really, you know, taking, doing a year of survival food costs a significant amount of change, right? So there's all these yeah. things when it comes to gear, so... And, and obviously, finances are oftentimes a part of it. In fact, the number one question we get is, how do okay. I do this you know, cheaper than you know, instead of buying all this stuff? So how do you counter this scarcity attitude with a reluctant spouse that, you know, we just it's too expensive to even begin preparedness? Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> finances are such a huge part of the marriage. And my, my husband and I have had this conversation slash argument I mean, a thousands of times over the past couple of years since we've really kind of gotten more into the prepping aspect. Um, I, I was definitely that reluctant spouse that did not want to spend money because I, I am insanely frugal with my money most of the time and it drives my husband bad. So we've definitely had this conversation multiple times, but I think one of the things that kind of a middle ground for both of us is that we, we live and die by our budget. You know, we, we are very much Dave Ramsey fans and, you know, we want to make sure that we're using our money wisely and using it to the best of our advantage and being wise stewards of our finances. So we put a prepping line item in our budget, say we're going to spend this much money every month, no more than that. And if you want to save up for a while, like if you want to buy something that's thousands of dollars, you've got to save up for it. You know, we're not going to just put it on the credit card because you feel that you need this. So, you know, we have a set amount that we spend each month and, you know, we don't spend any more than that. There are certain occasions where something we want sale, you know, and if it's a really, really good sale, then we'll talk about it. And we'll sit down. This is something that we really want to pursue. But I think on top of that, just creating that line item and then, spouses sticking with that line item like it doesn't do any good to have you know a budget 
parameter within, you know, for prepping, if you constantly are going over budget, that's going to make your spouse much less likely to give you any more money. But it's just talking through, to, through the items that you're going to be purchasing, you know, whether you're spending money on ammo or spending it on, you know, non-perishable food items or on gear, you know, have that conversation saying, yes, I'm buying this this month and this is the benefit of having, you know, those water purification tablets or the benefits of having camel packs, you know, or the benefits of having wet fire or the little sparky fire starter, you know, like these are the benefits and what we can do with those to keep our family safe and happy is again, just having that open dialogue between the products that you're getting and being just being wise with the finances on that aspect, because it doesn't matter how much prepping supplies you have. If you can't pay your bills and put food on the table at the end of the month. Yeah. And of course, I mean, budgeting is a plan, right? So I think that, Yes. You know, if you have a if you're if you have a spouse who's at least relatively on board, it seems like maybe setting priorities in that plan other rather than getting yeah. distracted by all the bells and whistles and, you know, squirrels running around and everything. So yeah. um exactly. so definitely I think prioritizing that out and pricing it out and, and that seems to make that's made a lot of sense <laughs> for us, I know. And if you have a reluctant spouse, you might just have to do that, you know, that prioritizing yourself, but that I think that that seems like it's it is a pretty important tool of planning out because there, ever since survival has gotten really cool, once the zombies have started coming out of the woodwork or out of the ground, <laughs> if you will, um, you know, there's just there's no shortage of really cool gizmos and gadgets out there, especially if you're into firearms because that's a really expensive, oh, exactly. you know, <laughs> yeah. So like, really, you need another gun? You know, the 27 that you have just aren't enough. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it might come down to doing that planning and prioritizing yourself and, and budgeting and just having right. maybe an allowance to go along with it, at least. But, um, right. And, but I can yeah, tell you from Pinterest has been a great, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I can, I can just warn everybody from experience, self-admission here, hiding your own little bank account for this stuff, not a good <laughs> idea. I just got caught red handed and trust me, I'm paying for it. So, uh, so I definitely recommend <laughs> guys or girls out there. Trust me, don't try and stash this in your mattress or wherever you're keeping everything, because when it comes out, it only makes that defensiveness come up even more. But uh, anyway, what were you going to say? I think Pinterest has been a, a huge asset. Um, in the whole prepping world, because I know that there's probably not a ton of guys on there. My husband is a diehard Pinterest fanatic, hmm. is on there all the time, because there are some amazing resources out there for firearms, for gear, um, for every, anything and everything tactical and prepper you could ever think of is on there. And there's a lot of really great blogs that most of us don't have access to just in our daily lives that you can find on Pinterest, where they will give you prepping hacks that are more of a DIY type of aspect so they are notoriously a little bit cheaper hmm. and give you some ways to save money by prepping in certain ways or by buying certain products that you know that are maybe not as expensive as the flashy ones out there but P Pinterest has been a huge asset to us just in making that list and making that plan but doing so in a cheaper option that works just as well that's a good idea I'm not I've, I'm not really I don't really follow Instagram at all or I'm sorry Pinterest but um yeah, I, I know. I know a lot of families do. A lot of spouses do, and so that might even be a good gateway. Right. You know, that's a that's a great idea. Okay, so 
So let's say that you can get your spouse to reluctantly agree that the world is a dangerous place and all this, this gear and the preparations you take part in might possibly be useful one day, but they're still not convinced because they claim that they're too busy, right? Like time is, is, is a huge okay. commodity, at least it is for me. And I think for a lot of busy parents as well or busy couples, how do you persuade a spouse that it's worth investing the time to train and prepare, you know, even if you can get them on board with, okay, yeah, I get it. Bad things can happen to good people. Um, I get it that you've got to buy a few gizmos every now and then. But, you know, as we know for, as being survivalists and even from a tactical standpoint, if everybody's into like firearms or protecting themselves with the firearm or whatever, like it really comes down to training. It's not just about owning the gizmo or owning the gun, but it's really about like, right what you put behind it in the way of skills, but that, that does take a time investment. So how do you convince a spouse or what can you, you discuss with a spouse that will help them understand the need to put that invest that time as well? Yeah. And the, it can take time for this. Cause I mean, even if your spouse agrees to have a line item in your budget, you know, and gives you money every month to go buy the toys that you need, you know, it, it can take some time for her or him to see value in the training aspect, knowing how to use it. Um, you know, what I would say to spouses first off is be available for questions. You know, she, she's not ignoring you. She's probably thinking about this. It's probably a running dialogue in the back of her head. I know it was for me is that I may not be talking to my husband about it, but I sure I'm thinking about it and thinking about all the things that you're buying and what would I use them for and how would I apply this to keeping the kids safe and happy. Um, so the first thing is just be available and be patient. You know, it, moms have a lot on their plate and, you know, b between dance practice and soccer lessons and PTA meetings and all this other stuff, like she sees the value in it on some level because she put a line item in your budget and that's pretty important if you can get that far. Um, but I think the next thing I would say is just to try to sit down and have that conversation, you know, say, not many wives will turn their husbands away when they say, hey, babe, I want to talk, you know, because, like, we love talking. That's kind of that's what we love to do in marriage, especially. So I think it's just for, you know, the spouse's angle is to be educational and to be caring. Come at it from an angle where you're worried about them and kids and their safety. And you just want her to know a few things, you know, start with one thing. Hey, let me show you how to use this fire starter real fast. It'll take five minutes and you can go back to cooking dinner. You know, chances are that after some simple education like that, that doesn't take a lot of her time at first you'll build her interest and build the value that she will see in this. So um, another aspect would be to sign up for classes together, you know, do a date day, say, Hey, let's go take the shooting class together. It'll be a date. It'll be a fun date for you. And I, you know, it can be kind of scary. We see a lot of very timid wives come through our classes with their husbands because they're trying to get them involved in this world and trying to do anything. And that's where it comes back to finding a good firearms instructor that either has a lot of practice with teaching females or finding a female firearms instructor that can kind of speak to her in a way that you can't. But learning from a spouse is really, really difficult. It, that's just the nature of a marriage. Once you share a bathroom with somebody, it's really hard to take them seriously sometimes. <laughs> right. And so it's having, you know, just having that open dialogue again, just that, that caring communication of, you know, I'm worried about you. You know, you may or may not have to work all day spouses and husbands, they want to protect their loved ones, but they can't do that if they're not there, you know? And so you're kind of passing the torch in a way to your spouse on being able to protect herself and the family. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So, uh, so here, here we go. 
so obviously I can do everything that I possibly can to try to convince my spouse to come along with my protection and preparedness path and my way of life. But she might just be one of those spouses who is never going to really buy into this lifestyle. So what advice do you have for the survivalists out there who who don't see a light at the end of the tunnel? Like what what hope is there out there that if you just have somebody that is like, nope, I'm, bad things don't happen. I don't need to I don't need to spend all this money. I don't need to spend this time. They just don't seem to be coming along. That can be a frustrating. Like I said in the intro, that it can get this feeling of aloneness, right? Like it's. This is something right. that we might, especially with the person that we care about so much and we're sharing our life with, we want to share our passions as well or our fears or, you know, work through fears together and things like that. But it, it might not just be working. So what's the uh, what's the last ditch advice that you have for somebody that is really hitting that wall and it's, that wall is not coming down? Mm, that's such a good question because it it resonates with within a marriage i mean it it can create a lot of contention there um i think the one thing that i would say is just to be be patient with with your spouse and just to not give up um you know it, it may be sitting down and having that conversation and say you know if you're not into it that's fine if you don't want to train that's fine i would still like you know x amount within the budget to prep for our family because i find this to be important you know, there are lots of things that I, you know, that I feel are important that my husband might not necessarily really care about, but I do it for the benefit of the family, you know, and same thing goes for him. You know, he does stuff that I might not be super interested in, but I know he does it for the benefit of the family, you know, and I think if you keep resonating that point is like, I'm not doing this so that I can have toys that you don't have or that I can, you know, go and play with these things. I'm doing it for the benefit of the family. Um, it might take a couple years. I mean, it was probably two years before I really came around and really started getting more into the survival aspect. But my, my husband was patient. He wasn't nagging. He wasn't, you know, overly enthusiastic to the point where he was annoying. He And he answered all of my questions in a very educational, very logical way saying, yeah, th- this is what this product is for. This is how much it costs. And this is the benefit and the value that it can add to the family. I think if you, if you keep resonating that point by saying, it scares me more to not prep than it does to prep, you know, and confronting that fear with a little bit of courage and a plan, I think will really, really resonate with your spouse because at the end of the day, we all want the ability to protect ourselves and we all want the ability to protect those we love that are around us. You know, and I think that if we just, I guess the the bottom line is just to, to keep at it in a way that works well with your spouse. I mean, you all individually know how your spouses operate. You know when she's had enough of that conversation. Just read her a little bit or him and just be able to identify with her on the parts that she's very adamant against and take the liberties where you see him to really drive this home. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking from experience as well, like I have a very reluctant spouse, very, very reluctant spouse. And one of the reasons why I think she can be reluctant is because she knows that she's protected. And now I'm only speaking from like as a husband to my spouse. And this might be totally reversed for women and men out there that are, that are listening. But like my spouse knows that she's protected. She knows that I carry a firearm that even that took a long time to be able to right. be able to carry a firearm in public um and and let her get get used to it but 
she knows that she is protected. She knows that if any sort of a crisis happens, that I'll know what to do or that I have, you know, she doesn't right. know what supplies I have. She just knows that I spend some money on this stuff and she just assumes that's protected, which is, which is fine, right? So I think, like for me, I ultimately had to come to the realization that, look, she's not going to come along with me on, on this journey 100%, but she understands I'm doing it. She understands the reason why I'm doing it. And that's right. enough for me. Like, I just want her to feel protected anyway. I don't necessarily need her. Like, I have other guys I can talk to or, you know, I have obviously our business right. that I can I can have that outlet. And so the one thing I would, I've, that I've said to other other guys that are, or women that have been in the situation is like, look, that may that may not happen, but you don't have to feel alone either. Like, there's communities out there, whether it's an online community uh, or whether it's other people in your in your area or a, a cert team, you know, the, the emergency response, the citizens emergency response teams, right. things like that. So it's, um, you know, that's, that's possible that it, you, it might just come down to you and you have to assume that role that you're it and be comfortable with that, that it might never change, but you don't have to feel alone at the same time. Yeah. And it's not harboring resent towards your spouse. If that's as far as you ever get, you Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like don't don't be resentful because they have the different interests or they or they just don't see it, you know, because some spouses out there just will absolutely not see the benefit of it. And that's okay. That's where, you know, you know your responsibilities, you know that you are the sole prepper for the family, you know that if anything goes wrong or it hits the fan, it's all you. And at least you know where your left and right limits are with that. You know. I just I wouldn't, you know, hold resentment, you know, towards your spouse on that. She might come around later after you've, you know, been okay with her decision that she made, you know, but I think that um, your your wife's thoughts are very common among spouses is just, you know, my, my husband carries, why should I? Or my husband preps, so why should I? And we, we have enough on our plate. Why do I need to add one more thing? You know, and I think one of the, one of the driving forces that my husband kept saying over and over to me was that. I will do anything in my power to protect you, but I can't if I'm not there, you know, and he works a full-time job and he's been deployed several times. And so like, he can't protect me when he's overseas. He wants to, and that's his job. That That's his heart's desires to make sure that me and the kids are safe and protected, but he can't do that if he's not there. And so I think it's just, again, coming at it from the angle that like, I want to be there for you, but I can't always be home with you. So I want you to be able to protect yourself too. And maybe like, lighting up a little bit of that mama bear that all mothers have inside them. You know, we, we all have something so fierce inside of us when it comes to our children and to our families. It's tapping into that resource and let, letting her know that she's capable of doing this on her own when the spouse isn't there, that she has a fierceness inside of her that rivals ninja operators sometimes when someone messes with their kids. You know, that she, she's got the ability to. We just have to get past the fear and get past, you know, the, the stigmas of it. And I'm, I'm going to tell everybody right now, these are your instructions. Like take this recording and listen to the last two minutes and 37 seconds, like five times. I think you just nailed it. Like, um, that, <laughs> that aspect of, you know, I, I want you to be protected, but I might not be there. That's uh, that really encases it in, in, uh, in something I think that anybody can buy into. And I think that's really, really important. That's, that's awesome. Here's another uh, recommendation for everybody. Um, you know, 
Nyla's website, go over to go to millspec.com, I'm sorry, millspecmom.com because Nyla, what I love about your website is that it's not like there aren't zombie faces jumping out at you when you go over there. Like you have really good <laughs> articles over there on your blog and now you're in the magazines, I believe as well, right? You're getting published. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but I like it that you you have this real familial um aspect of it that you know, guys, maybe it is just sending over a link or emailing a link over to your spouse with a topic that isn't like, okay, guy comes into your home, shoot his face off, here you go. But it's more from the standpoint of like, you know, finances or working with your partner and things like that, that um, she writes right. on these topics and they're they're just great just to be able to send a link that some your spouse can di- can discover this on their own, which is really, I think, an important aspect of it. If they feel like they're not just getting this shoved down their throat, but they're they're discovering it when it's their idea or their it's on their own or from their own exploration, so much more powerful. So I highly recommend go over and yeah. check out Nyla's website. Again, it's www.millspecmom.com. Nyla, I really appreciate it. This has been awesome. I love getting your perspective on this and I know our listeners oh, are going to get a lot of it. It's been too. a blast. Yeah, awesome. All right, everybody. Thank so, you so much. No, that's awesome. Great to have you on. Uh, All right, listen, everybody, definitely go over and check out our website. Again, it's www.millspecmom.com. And until our next Modern Combat and Several Broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.